I mean, it's one thing to have a fucking story or, or to have a struggle, right? It's one thing to, to have really went through some, some shit, right? And then you, you, you turn that adversity and you put that into a positive and you, and you go build some shit. You make yourself a name, right? Like, like you, you, you become successful, whatever it is, right? Like that's one thing, yep. you know, but, but on the other hand, just sitting there complaining about the fucking struggle. That's not, that's not like that. That won't get you anything. It's not going to change anything. It won't change anything that w- what happened now. What, what could if, okay, yeah, I went through X, but I learned this and this and this, and now I'm going, going this way. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what that, I'm cool with that all day long. You know, but the victim stuff, like, like, dude, the world does not give a shit. It doesn't care how hard, like, it doesn't care how hard you fucking have it. It doesn't, it doesn't care. What's up, guys? Sean French here with another episode of the podcast, The Determined Society. Tonight, I have a very special guest with us, and this is a guest that I've been wanting to have on the show since I started this podcast. Um, You guys may know him as DJ. Some people call him Big Reggie, which we got a big laugh at uh, when we were talking before we came on the uh, to record. But uh, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, DJ is the co-host of the number one rated self-development podcast in the world, Real AF with Andy Priscilla. I truly love DJ's story. He's a future husband. He is a father to a beautiful daughter named Ryan. And you guys are going to get a whole lot out of his story today. And I can't fucking wait to hear it. DJ, what's up, man? What's going on, baby? Oh, man, we're just doing it here in Florida, man. Oh, Florida's, man. I I would much rather be there. We got snow and freezing rain and ice and bullshit help here in the midwest so you fucking uh, shoveling snow no i don't shovel snow no i just <laughs> I, I just drive the wife stays home i just drive right through it we're all good but, uh, you got a tank i probably should, <laughs> I probably oh, should. Shit. Uh, I was, we're, we're supposed to get up to uh 18 inches i mean it's it's yeah so, 18 I mean, inches in one day uh so it's been freezing raining for the last almost 24 hours and um and so we have a nice little break right now. And then in about another hour or so, it'll be snowing for the next 24 hours. So Damn, so you're stuck in the house then, right? Or do you, can you get out? I mean, I, no, I, I, still, I still work. You know, I still, I still go in and, uh, you know, I got a, a Chevy Suburban that, and a four-wheel drive. I'm, I'm able to power right through it. But, um, Damn. Yeah, so I, I, still, I still get it done. We don't have those problems here, man. It was like 30... I woke up at four the other morning. We go to the gym and it was like 38 degrees, and I thought I was gonna die. Oh yeah, I bet. I, yeah, bet. I mean, dude, it you know Missouri's it's, good, man. Like right before the snowstorm, it was 60 degrees. It was six. It was 60 degrees Monday and Tuesday, and then from on on Tuesday it started dropping, and then then the rain and stuff came and it started raining all day, and then it turned over to freezing rain and sleet and now snow. So yeah, so no. it's just the Midwest is weird. Yeah, fuck that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know how y'all do it I, don't know. I mean like i said it drops down below like 65 here and everybody thinks the world's ended it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but i mean you know southwest florida all year round you know i'm down by naples yeah, um it uh, it's awesome man it's awesome like it it's literally hot all year round 
except yeah. for winter will come and visit us like two weeks out of the year. But otherwise, dude, it's, it's a pressure cooker here. It's actually kind of nice. You know, yeah, I love it. So, love it. Um, dude, so let's get into it. By the way, guys, if, if you're watching on the Spotify feed, you'll be able to see this, this immaculate, this amazing shirt that he has on. He, he actually has a determined society. I feel shirt. like an OG now. I feel like you are, fun. dude, you are an OG. So story behind that guys. Um, what was it like seven months ago? Yeah. That sounds about right. yeah seven, seven months ago. I, I, you know, I was talking to DJ over uh, DM and I had picked up my shirts from Renegades here in Fort Myers. And, uh, I wanted to send him Andy, uh, Sal and then Jim and he's Andy and Sal's dad shirts. And so DJ was kind enough to give me the information to send it there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was, I was thinking about this episode today after we agreed to do it like on a fly. And I was like, man, wouldn't that be really cool if he wore his fucking shirt? <laughs> no and I was like, man, I don't even know if he's got that thing anymore, but Hey, you know, it'd be cool if he did. And, and like, it's my show, and you're wearing oh, a shirt, and I'm wearing a pocket shirt. It makes me look jacked. So, I mean, I put it on. It's not my, yeah, it's not dude, my so first time, by the way. What's that? I said it's not my first time, by the way. No shit. I, I, I promise you. I've, I've worn it a few times before. So That's really cool, man. That's really cool. I'm going to have to get freaking well, – I got video proof of it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. No, it's really cool, man. They got, you know, so – yeah, DJ's wearing the shit. If you're if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts and you don't get to see it, flip over to Spotify so you can because it's it's sexy, sexy as fuck. Okay. So, dude, talk to me, man. Like, uh, what is one thing that people don't know about you? Mm. Something funny. Oh man, something funny. See, see, it's weird, man. So right, so like, so like, you know, when people see me and Andy, people forget. Like, like I'm, I'm I manage Andy's personal security mm -hmm. right like that, that's how we came together and so it's like for me it's a little weird because I was I've always like been the guy behind the stage right never in the spotlight I didn't have mm -hmm. I didn't have a following I didn't have any of that shit and so it was weird so I mean there's probably a lot that people don't know about me um man let me see I uh, I speak multiple I, speak, I can speak a few languages no shit what do you yeah. speak I, I could speak French, I could speak Italian, I speak Arabic, and a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of Bosnian. So wow. I'm, I'm multilingual. Yeah, I went to a, uh, my, my high school was uh, was probably one of the most, like, um, legitimately diverse high schools, I guess, in the St. Louis area. Um, it, was, it was actually an international studies high school. And, um, and so I had all different types of friends there. And, um, and, and yeah, I picked it up really, really easy. And uh Damn, you know, and and yeah, so I speak speak a few different languages. That, that's Bosnian, Arabic, Arabic. It cannot be an easy easy language. Arabic learn. Arabic was by far the hardest language I've I've ever had to to pick up. But the good thing is because I had like like one of my good friends, uh, mm -hmm. he, he was Muslim in, in my high school, and so um, having somebody to talk to was great. Mm -hmm. Now I can't I can't read it or write it for shit, right? Okay, I can speak. It. I could, I could, like, if you drop me off in, in Iraq or Afghanistan, wherever, I'll, I'll be able to make it through, you know? That's fucking dope, dude. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool because it's, I mean, it, it's cool. It's my, cool. Uh, my wife's from Ecuador. Okay. And, and, and you would think I'd be able to speak more Spanish than I do. Yeah. Um, I can't. Um, <laughs> fuck, man. But, but, dude, like, 
it's funny our three-year-old she doesn't speak it but like if my wife starts yelling at her in spanish she knows exactly yeah. what the fuck she's saying and yeah, she stops that's doing a big it. push man because like you know i got a 15 month old and uh that's something i really want her to to kind of like pick up and so i've been mm -hmm. thinking about it but the problem is is like i'd be the only one in the house speaking it so it's like you need more than one person, you know what I'm saying? Because she has to hear conversations of people talking about it. Yeah, yeah. You got to teach Alex. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And that, that's going to be a little bit tougher. So. <laughs> it, dude, it's hard. It, no, it's hard. Like, like think about that. The, the, the foreign languages is harder to pick up when you're older, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, I mean, I, I can get by in a I can get by in a small conversation, like little things. But then, like during Christmas, when we go up to Tallahassee, Florida, her mom starts talking to me. Yeah, nope. And I'm just like, "What, mom? Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't, I can't yeah, do yeah. it." And come to find out, like I said, I said to her, "I go, Magdalena, why are you always talking to me in Spanish? You know, I only, I only know a little bit." She's like, oh, because Jacqueline told me to only talk to you in Spanish, so you learn. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, all right. right. That's a, that's a pretty good tool. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, no, man. So. So that's that that story I do want to get into because I think it's really cool um, because it all it all began with trust. Right. Um, but like one thing that I thought was really interesting about you um, that I saw, I was like, dude, you can play the piano. Yeah. Yeah. I play, I've, I've been so I've been playing the piano. Oh, man. 10 years now. No, that no, I've been playing. It's been almost going on 15 years. Um, but I'm not like classically trained. I didn't like mm -hmm. take, I'm self-taught completely. I can't even read sheet music. No so shit. That, yeah, that, that started off in high school, um, my freshman or sophomore year. Uh, it was freshman year of high school. And I played the saxophone, right? I was one of those like high school football players because I played football too. But like, you know, you know, during the foot home football game, right? During a halftime, I'd go grab my fucking saxophone and play with the marching band at halftime, right? Like that was me. No right? shit. I, but it was just my freshman year, right? And then after my freshman year, I got really serious about football and, and stopped all the music stuff. Um, but I played saxophone. I was really musically inclined growing up. And um, so I played saxophone and I told my band teacher, I'm like, hey, I want to play piano. Like, I want to learn how to play piano. And she's like, okay, yeah, of course, no problem. I'll teach you some stuff, right? And so she sat me down and she gave me some sheet music, expecting that there was going to be a crossover there. But piano sheet music is a little bit different than mm -hmm. you know normal sheet music. And I'm like, I can't read that. And she's like, well, if you can't read this, you'll never be able to play piano. And I just took that as like, okay, challenge accepted, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. show you. Like, what and the so fuck? Had, uh, <laughs> and so, so we had one of the, the little, little soundproof rooms in the band studio. And so I would go in there. I, I picked up some uh, that scotch painter's tape, the blue yeah. stuff. And I, and I uh, put scotch tape on each key of the whole, whole piano and wrote down the letter of that key. And from there, I started building my chord prog progressions and, okay, these are major chords, minor chords. And I just had always had a really good ear for music. And so yeah. it just kind of stuck with it, man. Dude, stuck with so, it. so that's interesting. Like, did you go to a high school that was more of like a center for the arts? Because the reason I asked that is because you have, you're able to speak so many fucking languages, right? And you have musical inclination. So I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah, no. So my my high school wasn't, but uh, so I, I'm a product of public schools here in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis City, uh, St. Louis Public Schools District. And uh, you know, it, it's 
it used to be a massive school district here in St. Louis, but over mm-hmm. time, enrollment changed. But um, elementary school, middle school, those were actual uh, visual and performing arts schools, right? And so, like, I mean, dude, I've, I've, <laughs> I've you're gonna hear some first stuff here. You heard of, you heard it first here, guys. Um, but like growing up in elementary school, middle school, I was a dancer. So I, I that would have been the thing that I said. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> See, I still try to hold off on some of my secrets, man. Um, no, but I, I, I was a dancer, shit. man. So we have a uh you, you ever heard of the Muni? Of the what? The Muni? No. So the Muni is we have it here in St. Louis. It's it's like a um, it's like it, it, it's it's like a performance center for the arts, right? It's like an outdoor mm-hmm. amphitheater where they put on plays, right? It's like our okay, single cool. version of Broadway, right? And so, um, you know, growing up, I was a Muni team, Muni kid, right? I, I, I performed in the Wizard of Oz there. I mean, it's a massive thing here in St. Louis, the Muni. I mean, it's a pretty historical thing, too. Um, but, you know, I've done did multiple shows growing up. I was a huge dancer, uh, really into, you know, the battle. I was classically trained in ballet. Um, like, I, mean, I was really, really good as a dancer, right? And so that was middle school, uh, elementary school and then middle school. And then um, when I was in middle school, uh, it was like it was like seventh grade, I believe. Um, we were going, going to uh, perform a show. We were doing some novella. Um, and these are not like, you know, little, little small plays. Like these are massive productions, okay? And I will never forget. So I, w- I was always a big kid, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was a heavier dancer, but I mean, dude, I was I was pretty decent, right? And one of uh, the the producers for the Muni, uh, her name is Nancy. I'll never forget it. Um, and uh, I remember it, I was in seventh grade, and she came to me, and she was like, you know, you'll you'll never like you're you're never gonna be like a like a a big time dancer because you're you're fat, you're overweight, like you'll never be able to be a good dancer like that, mm-hmm. and like. You know, I was a young kid and dance was like, dude, I, I like my older brother was playing football and stuff growing up as a kid. I didn't do any of that. I was not athletic. I didn't, I wanted to dance, like, believe it or not. And, um, and, and do that hurt me. And so I would, uh, so like I had that happen. And then, um, I had got stuck in, in, a, in, a, in a, they messed up my, I had, I went to a dance studio, right. Called Coca here in St. Louis had a scholarship there. And um, so like that happened. And then literally the next day, uh, Coca had messed up my dance class and signed me to this like tap dance one-on-one. And I went in there, it was like a bunch of like little three-year-olds learning tap dance. And so everything just happened. I'm like, you know what, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. And so I quit. I, I quit uh, that passion that I had, I, I stopped. And, you know, and then got to high school. I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll just play some music, did the saxophone thing, like I said, yeah. and then um that didn't work out because I just kept being told what I couldn't do right and um and one day I was walking down the hallway and my uh uh the the head football coach saw me walking by was like hey man you need, you need to come out on the football field and I'm like I've never played he's like we'll figure it out you know mm-hmm. and, I got there and, I, and I started uh started playing football my sophomore year of high school uh sophomore junior year senior year and uh ended up getting a d2 scholarship to play football in college and so playing three years of high school football got pretty good. <laughs> Bro, you're, I mean, listen, dude, I'm going to tell you this. And, 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 and I mean this, you're probably the most well-rounded dude I've had or anybody that I've spoken to. And, yeah. and the one thing that I'm sitting here listening to right now is we're all the same. 
We all hear shit in our childhood that beats us over the fucking head. I was told my whole life by my PE teacher, because I couldn't do a sit up. I couldn't fucking, I couldn't do a pull up and I couldn't run a mile in a certain amount of time or the super lap. Right. And Mr. Dorn, that fuck, he's, I, I hope he's listening, but Mr. <laughs> exactly. Dorn would call my parents and say, your son is so athletic. He will never amount to anything athletically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, motherfucker, wait till baseball unit comes around. I'm going to blow your fucking doors, dude, because I'm a fucking dude. Yeah. And, uh, and I would think that, right. It's just, you know, sixth, seventh grade, I'm already dealing with, you know, you know, you're fat, you're chubby, you have big ears, you know, all this shit, right. Yeah. That, you know, comes in, starts, starts coming into our subconscious. And then we're fighting that the rest of our lives. Yeah. And then, you know, but that, you know, I, no matter how good I got at baseball, I mean, I played at LSU, dude, you know, I, you know, I got to go play, I got to be, you know, go to a college world series and Skip Bertman coached me, you know, but like, <laughs> you never stop hearing those voices. Yeah. And at some point in time, when we grow up, we have to sit there and say like, yo, that's not who the fuck I am. Yeah. When was that point for you, man? Um. You know, I think I think that point kind of came, you know, I had to grow up pretty, pretty early. You know, my 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 childhood was not the, you know, um, it, it was not the childhood my daughter's going to have. I'll just say that, mm. you know, I mean, it wasn't, you know, there, there was no silver spoons. Right. It was fucking plastic sporks. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it was not, you know, and I, I love my mom. It was a single parent household. I love my mother mm. to death, you know, and she did everything she could, but it wasn't. Um, it just wasn't your typical upbringing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I lived the area that I grew up in. Um, it, it was shit. I mean, I saw, I saw my first dead body at the age of nine in my back alley, taking the trash out. Um, you know, the, the, where I live, the neighborhood that I live, it was gang infested, drug infested. Um, there's a documentary called Ganglands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did a, they did an episode on my block, you know, like it, it was, it was not good. And so I think growing up, I kind of had to grow up really, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my older brother, he was in and out of, uh, of, of dumb shit. And so uh, I kind of had to be the old, the, the, the big brother slash father slash, you know, I started working when I was 16 years old, had my first apartment at 17, right? Like I had to grow up pretty quick. I don't know if I can look back and say there was like, you know, this particular situation that kind of made me grow up. Um, that's a hard, I never really thought about it like that or like, or, or thinking back to a time where it was like, okay, yeah, this was, this was that pivotal moment. I mean, I feel like it, it kind of just all grayed in together. You know, what I will say though, is, you know, th- this is one thing that bothers me, you know, with what, where we are in society right now is like, you know, the vit- victim culture shit, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't like, get a like, trophy for that shit, man. Well, I mean, what, what I mean is like, I mean, like, 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 like my story, right? Like, yeah, you, you, I, if I put, I could put that shit in a book and probably make a billion dollars, right? Like, but, but, but ultimately your, your struggles, nobody really gives a shit. Nobody does. And, and I think what I had to learn, and maybe this is like the self-realization point is like, you know, I had to learn that like, Hey, guess what? Like, yeah, DJ, you had it pretty fucking hard, you know, but guess what? No matter how fucking hard you have it, 
no matter how bad you think your struggles are, no matter how much bullshit you went through, no matter how much negativity you've had in your life or how many people told you whatever, no matter how hard you think you have it or had it, there's always going to be somebody that had it worse. Right. And I think for me, you know, understanding that, you know, and, and realizing like, okay, well, yeah, like, you know, yeah, this is pretty bad, but it could be worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I've, I've always had that, that kind of mentality, you know, like, you know, I, I remember um, I was in, uh, I think I was probably in like fifth grade in elementary school. And um, it was, it was like almost dead winter. I mean, just, just, it was like probably like October, right? It's cold outside. Um, and our, and our uh, electricity was turned off, right? My mom, mom couldn't pay the bill. And, you know, so we're using candles and, you know, the, we had a, a gas stove that we would, you know, turn the oven on to heat the house, right? Like, I mean, but you're getting dressed in the dark. And I remember one morning I was getting ready for school and uh, I went in, you know, to my closet to grab my shoes and got my shoes on and leaving out the house. You know, uh, for some of us, I'm, I'm sure you probably relate, you know, but my mom, my mom was the type of mom, you know, you get yourself ready for school, you, got, you get out the house and go because she sleep, don't wake her up. And you better not miss the bus because she ain't, you know, like one of those type of moms, right? And okay. So, um, you know, but I was, I got dressed in the dark. I got ready. I got my stuff on and, you know, ran outside to, to get to the bus and uh, got, 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 got to the bus. And I was literally walking up to the bus stop, you know, the street lamps over top. And I looked down and I have two different pairs of shoes on, mm. right? Because I'm getting dressed in the fucking dark, right? And so immediately I'm like, well, it could be worse. I could have no shoes on. You know, and so I get to school. Luckily, I was, you know, a, a semi-popular guy. I was able to make a joke out of it and came to fucking school trend, right? The next day, had, you know, five kids come to school with two different pairs of shoes on, right? But like my, my, my point was, is like, it doesn't matter. Like nobody cares. The world does not care how bad you had it. It, mm -hmm. it just doesn't because there's always going to be somebody that had it worse, right? And, and so I, I just had that mentality, you know? No, man, that, that that's awesome that you're able to have it at such a young age too, because- most of the time, that's a, that's a general, that's a generalization. Uh, in my experience, it took me a long time to get that way. Mm. It took me a long time. And I don't know why, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm not sure why, but, you know, I always had the, the poor me that, you know, my dad was hard on me, you know, and he called me fat, said I wouldn't, you know, be anything if I didn't play in the major leagues. That shit bothered me. That was a big deal. But like, you know, we had power, right? Um, now again, it's it's it, he was my 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 biological father. I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, left when I was two. Like I saw him like three times my whole life. Whatever, but you know, it is what it is, right? But but my 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 father, my dad, my stepdad, right? The guy that raised me. Like, dude, I got to give him credit for all the good shit, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, you, I cannot give him all the bad credit, none of the good credit, because I'm going to tell you something. He taught me how to work, mm. right? And, and, he, and, he, and he helped me so much. And he got me all the help that I needed to become a really good baseball player. And it's just funny because, you know, I could sit here all day. And, and you know, that's part of my story, you know, and it's, it's the shit that I got to get through, right? right. And, and, I, and then I have to work backwards and say, okay, my three children, I won't speak to them like way. Right. You know, when I go and watch them play baseball, whatever it is, like, hey, do you have fun? It's good, you know, like, hey, enjoyed watching you. 
You know, they want to get better at a sport and they want to be a badass. Well, okay, let's go to work. Right. But I'm not, I'm not going to hammer on that kid. Yeah, I'm going to teach him how to be a winner. Right. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it the right way. Yeah. But it's one of the funniest things about your story. And when you start talking about the, um, the fucking shoes, I did that shit. Yeah. I did that shit in the fourth grade, man. And I don't know why. But I literally, it was the opposite because I wasn't the cool kid. I wasn't a semi-popular kid. You know, I didn't gain popularity until I got to high school and people saw me throw a baseball. Right. Right. That's when I got, that's when I got the respect. Right. But dude, that fourth grade, man, like, and I had a, I had a pro wing. Remember pro wings? They're all shit shoes. The, the Jordan, the, no, I don't know. No, they weren't. No, they weren't fucking Jordans. They were like Payless shoe source stuff, right? And I had shacks. Okay, I had, so yeah. yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. <laughs> but I had a pair. They were both white shoes. One was a Reebok, and one was a freaking Pro Wing. Mm. And uh, man, I got I got some shit at school that day because <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, the I was player. able to play it off, so it, it kind of worked out. I'm like, shit, can't do that no more. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, it's like, whatever. But, um, you know, I couldn't agree with you more on, on no one cares, right? No yeah. one cares. You know, the victim mentality, you know, the, the, the poor me, that's going to get you a lot of likes on yeah. social media, yeah. but it's not going like. to get you any respect. Well, I mean, not only that, but like none of a like doesn't change your circumstances, right? Like if you're going through some shit, right? Like, and this is what I hate the most because we all see these posts, right? Where these people get on me these posts and, you know, they make the IG posts and they're just, you know, whoa, it's me. They're complaining like, okay, you get the likes. Cool. So what now what? Like, like those yeah. likes are not going to change your fucking situation. They're going to change your fucking cop up. No, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, like, dude, I just, I got really... Like I, I, that that stuff like it's, it's just so pointless to me because like that that's just like it's one thing to have a fucking story or or to have a struggle right it's one thing to, to have really went through some some shit right and then you 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 turn that adversity and you put that into a positive and and you go build some shit you make yourself a name right like like you 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 become successful whatever it is right like that's one thing yep. you know but but on the other hand just sitting there complaining about the fucking struggle that's not. That's not like that. That won't get you anything. It's not going to change anything. It won't change anything that w- what happened. Now, what what could if okay? Yeah, I went through X, but I learned this and this and this, and now I'm going going this way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what that, I'm cool with that all day long. You know, but the victim stuff, like like dude, the world does not give a shit. It doesn't care how hard. Like it doesn't care how hard you fucking have it. Doesn't it? Doesn't care. It doesn't no. care. No, I mean it's 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 always inspiring to see someone share their story on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, I don't give a shit what it is, Twitter, of the, and you see the evolution, right? Mm-hmm. You see the, here's where I was at, here's what I did, here's what I'm doing, now here's where I'm at. That's some cool shit. Yeah. Right? 100%. But I think the other, the other, right, of just the, the woe is me, those likes just give power to your struggle and make you think that people are like, oh no, it's okay to feel that way. Right. 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 Our job as human beings is to make a choice every fucking day of how we're going to attack life. Right. right. And one of the things that, you know, you and Andy always talk about that I 100% subscribe to is you versus you every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a shit what the, the neighbor's doing on his podcast right now. I've got fucking DJ on mine. 
I don't <laughs> give a shit, right? Like handle your side of the street, right? Yeah. And, and that yeah. person in the mirror, that's your competition every single day, right? 100%, man. 100%. So, yeah, no, so we're, you're going to say something? Because I want, I want to hear no, no, you're it. Good. You're good. Okay, so let's talk about that. Right. Because I mentioned to you before we got on on the air here about a post that you published um, mid-March. I I mean, of 2021. Right. I think probably right before the world caught on fire. Right. Right. Right around there. Right. And um, you, you had mentioned like how much your life has changed in the last year. And if if someone would have told you and you were walking up to a private jet, right? Yeah. <laughs> and if someone would have told you that you would be there at that moment, you would have laughed at them. Yeah. Now walk me through that. Cause I know the story. Some of it, I know what's been published, what you guys have talked about, but I don't think all my listeners will know. And, and I, you know, I want to hear it too. So. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I had got with, uh, let me see. I, I was with Andy. It's actually a little bit over two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that post, I'm just double checking when that post was made. That was uh, March 16th, 2021. Yeah. So, dude, like, so, like, before I got with Andy, man, like, you know, I wasn't, I, I don't want to say I was in a tough spot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I just left the public sector, right. Of, of law enforcement. Um, I was happily, uh, with my, uh, soon to be fiance at the time, fiance now. And, you know, this was before we found out we were pregnant and all of that. And I was just, you know, I kind of just floating, man. Like, does that, like, does that make sense? Like I was just going with the motion, right. Going with yeah. the flow. Makes, right? makes like, a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, all right. Yeah. All right. Cool. It, it's, it's Wednesday. All right. Yeah. Cool. cool. I got food on the table. I got a job. Fuck it. Cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just, yeah. I was really going through the motions, man. And, you know, I had, uh, I was just kind of in like an, in a, in a, you know, in a lull. Like it wasn't bad. You know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't worried about having to get dressed in the dark. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> uh, you. you know, but I, I haven't, I didn't, I, you know, it, it was, it just was. I just was. Right. Okay. And, um, and so I, the, the CEO, the guy that owns the, the private security firm that I work for, um, his name is coincidentally Andy as well. Um, but I've been knowing him for like six years, right. Prior to this, um, worked with him a few times in the past. He also came from law enforcement, um, and seen him off and on and we somehow connected. And so one day I'm just sitting in my truck and, and I'm going through my contacts, right? And I see his contact. I'm like, man, I should reach out to him and just see what he has going on. Now, this is like November of 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we connect. We do a couple of small things here and there, you know, but it was nothing consistent, you know. And, you know, luckily I had saved up a little bit. So, like, I mean, but I was not working, quote unquote, full time for anybody. I was kind of just a floater, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so I had worked with... Um, the, the CEO of my firm a couple of times. And, you know, finally I'm like, Hey, dude, listen, I need something. You know what I'm saying? Like those savings are dwindling, right? Like I need, I need, I need a little bit more consistency. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, it's funny you say that. And so now we're looking at like December of 2019. Um, he's like, I think I might have something for you. 
Um, but the guy is a little particular, right? He does not get along with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, you know, I, I don't know if I can't, I can't promise you that he's going to like, you know, stick with you, but mm-hmm. I can try to, you know, push it forward and, 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 and see what happens. Right. So I'm like, okay, cool. And um, I'm like, let's do it. I guarantee you, whoever the fuck it is, they love me. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, in our business, like I don't get no, like, I, I don't, I don't get really any information on the client literally until the day of or the right. day before. Right. And so that's to keep down all the biases and all of that shit. I just get a folder and like, okay, this is who you got. This is your guy. And I had no idea what first one was. Um, cause I was not in that space. Right. I wasn't in the personal development space. I didn't know anything about Andy first form, nothing. Right. And so I get this guy, I'm like, well, first thought I'm like, well, well, damn, this dude's pretty jacked. What the fuck does he need me for? <laughs> no shit, man. And uh, you know, but I'm going through the file, I'm reading the back date, and, and you know why the contract started. I'm like, okay, cool. And so I meet Andy. Uh, you know, it was like 9 a.m. I had to meet him at the old First Form headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember pulling up to the back parking lot. I'm like, all right, well, all right, let's go in. Let's meet the boss, right? Yeah. Uh, going going in through this back door, and as I'm like about to open this door, Andy is coming out, and he fucking hits me with the fucking door. Right. And like, he gets me. And at first, my knee jerk reaction was like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? And he saw me, he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, Andy, he's like, are you DJ? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, shit. I'm sorry, man. Like, come on. And um, and dude, we hit it off. We hit yeah. it off. And so, you know, at that time, the new first form headquarters was being built. And so me and Andy would go down there literally three or four times a week and just walk through the building. Right. And, and, and you know, at that time, it was a concrete slab. You know, it was concrete slab. They had the four walls. They had, you know, it was, you know, the metal studs and stuff were up, but there's no real, like I, you, if I, me looking at it, I just saw fucking concrete slab, mm-hmm. you know, and we're walking through and as we're walking through first for, uh, you know, the new HQ while I was being, you know, built and he's going through and, and like, I see him like he, he's, he's visualizing everything. And he's like, okay, well, this is where, you know, this is going to be, this is the auditorium, and this is the barbershop, my offices are here. And like, I'm looking, I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, a fucking barbershop? Like, <laughs> why? Right? But I'm like, I'm like, like, I don't, I don't see what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, but I'm like, I'm like, damn, this dude's got some like serious fucking vision, or he memorized those blueprints by heart, right? Yeah, right, right, and, right, right. You know, so then like another week, another couple of weeks goes by, and we're walking through. I mean, we were down at the new issue every literally three or four times a week. And he was just walking through, wanted to see the progress, wanted to see where it was. And, you know, we would obviously we would talk, you know, mm-hmm. and, and my business is kind of weird because, like, you know, I'm typically supposed to be just that fly on the wall that doesn't say shit. Right. That kind of, you know, just sits back there, me mugs, everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, but I, I, it just felt different with him. Right. Like and I've done this line of work plenty of times before, but it just felt different. And um, and so. You know, but we, we have conversations. We're talking about stuff. We're going back and forth on things, right? And one day, you know, I forget what I had said something to him. And while we were walking, he just stops. And he turns around and looks at me. And he says, I don't know what you're here for, but we're going to figure out your purpose. And like he said that to me. And dude, it was weird because it's like in that moment, Everything started just flashing back, right? Like my fucking, the dance teachers at Coca, the band teacher, right? That producer at the Muni, like all that shit started flashing back. And I'm like, okay, well, here I am. And this man just told me that he believes in my potential that I'm not even seeing yet. 
right? Mm -hmm. But but there was a level of like reassurance, right? Because like this is the same man that's able to walk through a building with nothing in there and tell me exactly where where things are going to be in this layout and his vision. And so in my mind, I'm just like, I, I believe you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, yeah. I believe you. Now, I don't know what the fuck that means, right? But I, I believe you, you know? And so, like, that really, that changed a lot for me, right? Like, that that one single-hand conversation changed a whole fucking lot for me. And, um, you know, then, then fast forward a little bit, we found out, my fiance and I found out that we were expecting our first child. Um, and that was a huge deal for me. Um, you know, I, didn't, I, I like I said, I grew up in a single-friend household. Um, you know, and so my outlook on life has always been, it's kind of like a trademark of mine, but I, I just say, think of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, what, what I mean by that is, you know, I don't know, I, I, I never, I don't know what a good father looks like, but I know what a bad one does. Mm-hmm. Don't be that, right? I don't know what a good husband looks like. I know my mom and dad were not married. I don't know what a good husband looks like, but I know what a bad one looks like, right? Like, mm-hmm. And so I've always taken the opposite on that route, um, you know, but, but so we were finding out, you know, we found out that we were expecting our first child. That was a big deal for me. And so, you know, we're staying in a loft downtown in St. Louis at this time, um, which is not a place to raise a family. It's not a place to have a child down there. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. safer than where I grew up at, but it's, it's, it's getting a little rough down there too. Right. And so I remember telling Andy, you know, I, I had a conversation with him once we find out, you know, he congratulated me. It was awesome. Cool. And I told him, I'm like, dude, I got a goal. I said, I, so I never lived in a house, right? I, I never had a, a house. It's always been apartments and, you know, two family flats and, you know, complexes and shit. Like I never had an actual house. And so I, I remember telling, I was talking to Andy, I think we were working out and getting a lift in. And I, I said, Andy, like, you know, dude, I think I think I'm, I have I have a goal that I want to accomplish. And he's like, all right, what's what, what you got? And I said, by the time my daughter learns how to walk. I want to be in a house. I want my daughter to learn how to walk in a house. Right. And for me, that it just it just it just hit different. I don't mm-hmm. want her to learn how to walk in a loft or a fucking apartment. I want her to learn how to walk in a house. Right. And so I told him that, and he's like, well, by the time she learns how to walk, how old would she be by then? I'm like, you know, a year, you know, 12 months or so, you know, 13 months, like that. It gives me about two years. He's like, mm-hmm. you'll be in the house before that. And I looked at him like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you yeah. know, the way the bank account set up, the credit score, there. <laughs> you're like, bro, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like fucking late 20s, early 30s. I still ain't been in the house. You can tell me it's going to happen for two fucking years. I, but like, but again, right? Like I go back to, you know, when he was walking through that building with absolutely nothing in it and so I'm like, I just knew that he, he, he can see something I just can't see. And mm-hmm. I like, for the longest, I thought the man was a fucking alien or something. Um, <laughs> but, and, and so I'm like, okay. And he's like, he's like DJ. And then this is probably the most powerful thing that, the, that he just told me that really set a trajectory for my life. But he, he said, DJ, listen, whatever your goals are, scratch them and make bigger ones. Whatever they are, I don't. I don't. You you say you want to make a million dollars, scratch it. Make a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to, you know, like whatever your oh, you want to be the mayor of your city. No, be the fucking governor of the state. Be the president of the fucking country, right? Like whatever your goals are, scratch them and make big ones. 
you know, and so then he got me onto the visualization shit, right? And that's when I'm like, all right, fuck, like learning some shit and got to, I mean, I, I've seen that literally work firsthand. Like it's, it's powerful stuff. And, you know, long story short, uh, you know, through the visualization, through trusting the process, putting my fucking head down, just working, right? Um, we closed and moved in our house three weeks before my daughter was even born. Um, right? A year, so like, a year. It's like 15 months before you thought you were going to do it. Man, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it, it was wild. And I mean, I'm, I'm, we're here, you know what I'm saying? And then this, it was, it's not like, you know, oh, this is your nice girl first time. Like we, we got a fucking, like we got a house. Like, dude, I know. I see it. I fucking nice. love your house, dude. Like you always you know push about your house. Like you fucking, and you, and you can actually, you, you do good lines, the fucking lawn. I know that's oh, your thing. <laughs> I know that's your thing, best, man. But no, it, 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 it was. I, I just I didn't see that, you know. I, like I'm mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, how? But like, how did this happen? Right? Like like how did this happen? And like, you know, I think about like obviously like I I I, I a lot of the credit has to go to Andy, right? Like I mean like this, like it's not it's, it's not like he's handing out fucking freebies or anything. Like it's literally just like how he changes mm -hmm. your thought process and and. You know, you, you're looking at something like this and, and he says a simple fucking sentence that I swear if I would have said it, it would have meant nothing. But like just the way he says it somehow, like I, it just it just changes you, man. And so, you know, using that visualization, you know, walking around with him every day, like I tell him all the time, dude, I'm like, I'm like, you know, he's paying me to be his, his, his security. Right. But I feel like I should be paying, paying him. You know what I'm saying? Because I get to walk with this man every fucking day and spend hours and hours and hours a day with him. You know, and I'm, I feel like I'm getting so much value, right? Like, like everything is different. And my whole outlook on life is just different, right? And so like, you know, in that post, if you would have asked me, like, if I thought that I would have been walking onto a fucking private jet, I would have laughed you in that face. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I would have laughed you in your face. But, but, but now, right now, I, I, I can see myself, I can walk through that empty building and I can start, I, I know where the layout is now. You know what I'm saying? If, if that makes sense. And so, I mean, no, it, it does make perfect sense, man. I think what, you know, what Andy did for you is he helped unlock something within your mind. It's the universal law, right? If you, and this is something that, that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, man, like I visualized this seven fucking months ago. Mm. I'm all about manifesting, but right. You got to think of this shit. You, you reprogram your mind and you feel those feelings. Like you already have that, what, what it is that you want. You had to put yourself in that house before you had it. Yeah. And that's the big feeling because, you know, once you feel that you start acting, your actions are that man that already has that house. So right. all of a sudden your brain doesn't know any different. Your subconscious mind will, will do whatever you tell it to. Right. It's like, okay, this is what we're thinking. This is what we're thinking. I'm going to have a house in, in two months. I'm going to have a house in two months. And then boom, you're in a house in two months because that's the shit you started believing about your life. Right. You know, and that's what, and that's what Andy, that's the gift Andy gave you. Right. And the coolest thing is you're getting to see that firsthand yeah. from probably one of the best at it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I mean, it's so crazy how, like, I mean, I, I'm nowhere good as, as good as manifesting and visualizing than he is. Like, I mean, like he'll say something and like literally five minutes later, it's there. Right. Like it's, it, <laughs> It's unreal. Like I, I've truly firmly believe in that now, like that whole process. Right. And, and the, the crazy thing is guys, like if, if you, you know, if you're listening, right. And you're, you're hearing what, 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 what I'm saying, the shot saying, like, 
and you don't, if you have not looked into visualization yet, the law of traction, right? Manifesting your, 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 your dreams and aspirations. If you have not looked into that yet, you are doing yourself, your family and, and your, your kids, your kids, kids, you're doing them a, a massive disservice. And I will say this to the visualization part, what really made me understand is the fact that, you know, we, we go, we live our lives, we go day to day and visualization visualizations happening, whether you know it is or not, right? We just write that shit off as coincidence or happen chain or happenstance, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. they call it. Right? Like we just write it off. But in reality, when you focus that intently, you'll understand that nothing's by fucking chance. Nothing's by accidents. Nothing, no, nothing is a fucking coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. Everything. You know, and 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 so, you know, that there was and to that, you know, the decisions that, that you make right now, right, are going to affect who you are, where you will be a year from now, right? Five years from now. There was decisions and choices that I made five years ago that put me right here with you on this fucking podcast, right? And those little micro decisions that you make that, that you consciously intently choose to make every single day, they're going to put you where you want to be and who you want to be, you know, and it may not be tomorrow. Sure. Right. You know, but, but if you put that stuff into right now, you'll get there. You're 100%. I'm so fucking happy. We went down this road because like, bro, like this, this is everything to me. Right. I was, I was able to create, you know, we, I told my wife, we're going to have a house built. She goes, dude, we're not ready. House was built in eight months. Yeah. Right. Is when you focus on things and you feel those feelings of, of that already being accomplished and you can truly see it. If your mind can conceive it, you can achieve it. Fucking period. Powerful, man. I mean, it's so powerful. powerful. I mean, I, I mean, dude, problem, I, the problem with that, though, is because we think about all the good shit, right? The houses and the cars. Mm-hmm. But what people have to understand is those same principles that, that can manifest stuff in the positive light, those same principles on the flip side, right? If you're if you're a negative fucking person and you're all, oh, whoa, it's me, right? Yeah. Or, or, I, your life is going to continue to be shit. If you're constantly right. thinking about shit, your life is going to be shit. Right. And, and again, that's not a happen chance. It's not coincidence. That's the fucking that that's the law. That's the universe. That's your fucking narrative. Like you're you're going out there, you're saying that shit. That's what you're gonna bring. It's like it's so funny because um I was working with one of my clients before before we hopped on the podcast. He's like, I I'm not being able to control my thoughts. I'm like, you think that this is a this is this is about? I was like, dude, you can never control a random thought, but you can control the way you think. Mm. You know, you're going to have those random thoughts, but what are you doing, you know, on the, on the backside? Okay. Well, fuck, you can't think that that's not true. So then you cancel it out by positive shit. Right. And the other thing about the law of attraction manifestation, you know, and you see the movie, like the secret is so incomplete. Because hmm. people think that, you know, you sit there and like rub a lamp and the Lamborghini's going to show up in your fucking driveway. No, <laughs> there's massive action that you have right. to take. Right. And like, right. I, I cannot wait. It's just half of it. That's 50%. Yeah, that's it. It's half of it. You have to believe it and you have to put it out there. You have to work. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think it's just like training though, right? Like it's like, okay, you want to, you want to gain some muscle, right? Well, you, you do some, some deadlifts, you do some, some bench press, right? Mm-hmm. The more you practice it, the stronger it will get. Now mm-hmm. I will say this. I don't think it happens like that, 
but it can get pretty fucking close because I've literally, I have seen it with my own fucking eyes and Andy is a fucking master at it. It is so yeah. crazy. I remember we had got, uh, we got into work one morning and we get in and we literally like, you know, just get in, we, we pulled up, we get out of the cars, we start talking. He's like, uh, dude, I think, I think we should get you like a Cadillac Escalade. Like, I think I want to get, get an Escalade for like for my security vehicle, right? It's decked out like a police truck, right? Yeah. Um, but he wants, like, he was like, should I get something a little bit more luxurious for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you should, think about getting you a Cadillac, bro. Like, we'll get you a fucking nice white Cadillac and, mm-hmm. and I think that'll be dope. I'm like, yeah, Cadillac's pretty sweet. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool. I can see it. You know what I'm saying? And we literally step inside the first one and there was a guy there, uh, Jim Edmonds, right? And he's inside doing, uh, getting the workout in. And, you know, so we go over to him, we speak to him and he says, Andy, do you want to buy an Escalade? Fuck off. I swear to God. He said, he said Andy, do you want to buy an Escalade? And Andy looked at me and I looked at him. I said, bro, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah, did you he's set like, that up? She's like, it's, <laughs> it's right outside. I'm like, I'm, I've been thinking about selling it. I just want to get something different. And then he was like, well, what color is it? Like it's a white Escalade. I said, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, and, I, and that's not like that's not a one-off story. Like I got fucking thousands of those. Mm-hmm. You know but if you, my point is, if you practice that stuff, if you practice visualization intently, right? With the like, like don't be like visualizing some bullshit, right? Like, but mm-hmm. like real stuff, real practical stuff in your life, it'll get there. It'll happen. That that's fifty percent is visualization. Now like yep. you were saying you got to put some fucking work in. Right, you can't wish and pray for fucking abs, and you sit feeding your face with fucking McDonald's every day. It ain't happening. Wouldn't that be fucking dope, though, I, bro? I would have been there. You know what I'm bro, saying? Like if it would, worked like that, I would have been there. Bro, I look like the dude from 300. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a McFlurry. <laughs> Give me a fucking McFlurry, some Dairy Queen dipped in cherry. Fuck, man, that's the thing, man. Like, you know, that's that's the one that I think people, you know, really. I want to, I want them to get out of this. And I, I had no idea it was going to go down this road and I'm glad it did um, because that is something that, you know, I talk to my people that, that I work with. Um, I'm big on it in my life, you know, and obviously um, they can always be better, right. You can always get better and you know, as we practice it, but dude, I can't, I mean, dude, I'll, when we hop off here, I'll tell you some of the shit that I have manifested, dude. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to share it with you because because bro, because when I share it, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm putting it out there even more. Right. And I'm just super, I'm super jacked, bro, that we got, we got the opportunity to do this. Um, you know, I, I gotta tell you, dude, like when I told, I told one of my good friends, I'm like, bro, watch DJ's going to be on my podcast. You're fucking crazy. There's <laughs> no way that dude's ever even even know you exist. I said, bet motherfucker. No, bro, come on, man. You're good, man. And no, but that's what I'm saying. But like, that's, that's where the, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, I, I already saw it. Right. And, and then I stuck with it and it wasn't like I said it once and then I just let it go. And then here you are, you magically appear like when I log on my computer, but the point is guys, if you truly believe something in your heart, in your gut, every ounce of your being, then go do it. Yeah. Because because listen, if it is, if you can absolutely see it on the movie screen of your mind and you work every single day to get there, you make 
even the slightest move, even when you don't want to because you don't feel good. And that's the most important thing, guys, because we're not going to feel good every single day. Hell, that, that shit's a farce. I don't care how good a shape you're in. I don't care how much money you think you have. You're going to wake up every single day and it's going to be a different feeling. And what you have to realize is that motivation is bullshit and it's fleeting. Drive is where it's at. You have to be driven to go get your goals. And so, dude, with that, man, like, give these listeners, man, one piece of advice. One piece of advice that maybe can flip the switch for them to create the life that they want. Yeah, dude, I think I think it just goes back to, to what I said earlier, man. Like, you, you, if, you, if you feel like you're going through a tough time right now, right? The world is going to shit, right? Like, like it's been a crazy two years. We've been locked down. No matter what your your political, what side of the political aisle you stand in, man, if you feel like you're going through a rough time right now, I just want you to 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 do a, a flip in your mentality, a flip in your your perception, real quick, and just and just remember, like, no matter how hard you think you have it right now, there's always going to be somebody who has it harder. There's always going to be somebody that has it worse, right? Um, and, and and just remember that, and, and keep fucking moving. Right. Like, so what now what? And just mm-hmm. keep keep moving. You can apply that to anything money. Right. That's why I always say you, money should should never be a measurement of happiness, because no matter how much money you make, there'll always be somebody that has more, you know. And so it's like you, you just keep your fucking head down. You roll them sleeves up and you just get to work. And one day you'll look up and hopefully you, you have a life that you're proud of. And, and that's what my goal is. And I'm striving to do that every fucking day. Love it, brother. Love it, man. Listen, guys. Again, thank you, DJ, for coming on. If you guys got anything out of the show, please share it, right? Share it out. Tag me on social media. Tag DJ. Um, you know, share this with your friends. Share it with your enemies. I don't give a shit who you share it with, but share it with somebody because Reggie definitely said something that's going to resonate with somebody. And that's what this goal is about. It's about making the world a better place one conversation at a time, one day at a time. So, hey, man, DJ, hang out for a bit, man. I want to say something. And uh, guys, we're out.